Hello everyone! Hello. Welcome to Kawaii Cast. Kawaii Cast. <laughs> it's my Utah accent. I'm not allowed to blame it on my accent. You're not allowed to blame it on your accent, okay? It's it's my lack of brain-to-mouth coordination. There you go. You're allowed to say you're dumb. You're not allowed to blame it on your accent. <laughs> Welcome to the Kawaii Cast. Yes. I'm Candace. I'm Tyler. And let's just dive right into it. I know we normally start with anime news. Uh, it's going to be a long freaking episode, though. It so is. let's just wrap up the last season. Which, it feels weird, because even though we did have to wait till this week to wrap up the season, because some of the shows didn't finish until this week, we're already pretty far into the next season, so we're, it feels uh, like we're doing this late. It, it, it does. It's so awful. And this is also a weird season, because some of the shows ended, like, weeks ago and then others literally just wrapped up mm -hmm. so it's so weird yeah having like normally we get a break of at least a week until new shows start airing yeah uh, nah, not this time yeah we are we are already like head deep into the next season so yeah we might just already jump on the next season next week who knows we'll J let you know japan can you maybe chill <laughs> How about maybe you chill? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, let's start. I'm just going to go down the list the same way we did at the beginning of the season. Yes. So, continu continuing series. <gasps> Starting with the big one. The one that everybody will not stop talking about. The one that stole the hearts and imaginations of sad people everywhere. Attack on Titan. Uh, I don't know if it stole hearts. It, it did. It did. Sure. You, you didn't see Time Skip Armin, alright? It did. <laughs> you didn't see... I'll, I'll take your word on that. You didn't see the look that Time Skip Armin gave Time Skip Aaron when Aaron pinned him to the table. Alright, I'm just saying. Uh, okay. Uh, that's that. On to the next show. So, they kind of lied to us. They said... They said this would be the final season. Yeah. And I was kind of expecting that the manga and the anime were going to wrap up around the same time and that they were just going to skip a lot of stuff. But no, they're like, ha, losers. Okay, we're finishing it next year. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll get it back in December. So <laughs> Hooray. Lots of shit to talk about, and that gives Tyler a whole year to not catch up on it. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to try my very best to really watch... No more episodes of this show. <laughs> Hang out with Carly. She will somehow get you to watch the look, entire look, series look, in look, one look. day. Uh, here's the deal. I would love to catch up on Attack on Titan. Uh -huh. But Japan needs to chill with these good anime seasons. I was going to say, hang out with Carly for a day. <laughs> Japan <She will> needs to chill Carly will with these good anime seasons. Yeah, Carly will defy all logic and somehow get you to watch 80 episodes of Attack on Titan in 24 hours. <laughs> Keep talking. I'm going to see if that's possible. <laughs> it's probably not. But I, In fact, I could tell you right now... Based on just basic math, it's not. Uh, maybe if I skip the opening and ending every time. Mm, I still don't think it's possible. But anyway, so Attack on Titan was fantastic. 
Uh, everybody was like, oh my god, Studio Mappa could do no wrong. And Studio Mappa's like, ha ha ha, yes, give us all your money. And then, clearly, Jujutsu Kaisa was their favorite child. Almost today. Almost today. 30 hours. 30 hours, okay. Carly's gonna break that somehow. <laughs> anyway, so let's move on to... Also, I really love my notes from the beginning of the season, because, like, the beginning of the season, I wrote uh, for my notes Attack on Titan, everyone is hot. And you know what? That's still true. That's still true. Yeah. So let's go ahead and move on to the show <laughs> we actually both watched. And that was That Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime. Yes. Oh, my God. This, if you guys were not watching That Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime, it, there is no better time to start. This season was fantastic. Amazing. This has definitely pushed to being one of the better isekai shows. It still feels a bit basic, but everything it does, it does well. It's just fun, it's enjoyable, the characters are great, and you really feel like you want to root for Rimuru. And somehow he still feels like he has his own genuine problems, even though we all know that he's OP as shit and is basically a god. You're right. <laughs> so, like, there never feels like there's any threat with Rimuru, but this is the first time it really felt like somebody could take something away from him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I loved it. <laughs> uh, I I would like to point out, you don't understand the pain I felt having to go through that cliffhanger where everyone thought Rimuru died twice. In the same week. In the same week. Yes. <laughs> Okay. Been, been you... reading the light novels, and literally, like, that week, I finished up, uh, I think, number four, and it ended right there, where Rimuru gets stabbed and is gonna die, or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm like, fuck! Ah! Cliffhanger! Okay. okay, but in my defense, Tyler... And then, that week's episode <laughs> aired, and it was the exact same episode. I was like, ah! Exact same cliffhanger. In my defense, Tyler... You have no idea how it felt for me to laugh at you about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was so awful. I was like, look, I know Rimuru's not dead. But... <laughs> I need to know how he lived. <laughs> yeah, fortunately, the next episode aired a lot sooner than Amazon delivered your book. So Yeah. Well, I, I, just, did see I just recently them. ordered it. So. I was going to say, I saw that you have it. Yeah. Yeah, congratulations. I figure there's now a, uh, a space between uh, the what's now played and, you know, there's a season between what the continuation of the second season. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping maybe I can catch up. Yeah. And uh, I'm actually really excited about the spinoff series that's airing this season, The Slime Diaries. Because I feel like it doesn't feel like a cheap spinoff like Isekai Quartet. Mm -hmm. It feels like it's a genuine like part of the show. Uh, I believe there is actually a, a light novel of the, the Slime Diaries. So I think it is it is based off of something. It's I, not... I want to be surprised. <laughs> uh, the only thing I'm upset about it, and I'll talk more about it next, either next week or the week after whenever we talk about the new season. Uh, I don't like the art style. Okay. Much. That's it. But yeah, I think that if you have never given Slime a chance, this is the best opportunity. 
It has one of the best lines of figures for the cost, I think. Oh, absolutely. Like, I think the only other series that I could really compare the quality of figures as far as availability and just appearance to how cheap they are would be My Hero Academia. Mm -hmm. And for a series that has nowhere near the number of characters in it to My Hero Academia, that's saying something. I'd have more slime figures than any other franchise except for maybe Token Rambu. Yeah. And that's because I'm including all my Nendroids, too. Which, I really do want to order some slime Nendroids. <laughs> do it. Yeah. I, I'm actually kind of mad at myself for not... Uh, not pre-ordering the, the Demon the Lord. The Demon Lord, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Because that one comes with a throne. I uh, know, it's so great. Yeah, so maybe when that one releases, I'll try to get my hands on it. So let's move on to the next continuing series. Probably the most underrated series of the season, in my opinion, even though it's one that was established prior to this season, uh, Dr. Stone. Mm-hmm. This is easily the most underrated show, because I saw nobody talking about it. But my god, the Stone Wars were so good. These were amazing. Like, so many fucking twists and turns. Mm -hmm. Like, holy shit, guys. I was so worried that the Stone Wars was going to be too shonen-y. That it was just going to be like shonen battle anime and that it was going to lose a lot of the qualities that I loved about the original show. Yeah. But it never did that. Everything was still about the science, was about the learning, about edutainment, and there was so much heart to it. And there was a lot of antics and silliness. And in the end, I felt like all of the characters who did switch sides or change their view on things did so because Senku is just a genuinely great guy. Yeah. As opposed to the, oh, protagonist coon, yay. <laughs> like, Senku has his problems, but there's a reason people want to, you know, get behind him and work with him. I think my only real gripe with Dr. Stone is that every now and again it does remind us that the artist originally drew hentai. Yes, it does. I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Hentai artists in anime? Never. It's not like it's that uncommon of a thing for popular... It has never happened. It's not like it's uncommon for a lot of popular mangaka to have started with doujin or hentai. But I don't think I've ever seen a series that is quite as in your face about it as <laughs> quite this as, one. Quite as blatant about it. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, the writer of, or the mangaka who did Given became famous because of Haikyuu Dojin. But anything that's lewd in Given is supposed to be lewd. Uh, I mean, the, uh, I believe the writer of Gravitation, as she was writing Gravitation, also still continued to write hentai doujin of it. Yeah. So... That's, those are supposed so it's, to be so it's, lewd, So it's kind of weird, yeah. I think a better example would be the creator of Helsing actually did start his career with hentai, and one of the characters in Helsing was even from one of his hentai, <laughs> but you would never have known. Uh, that's, that's the Helsing Expanded Universe. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, yes, the HMU. As we all have come to lovingly enjoy it, yeah, okay? Or the HCU, Helsing Cinematic Universe. Oh my. <laughs> so yeah, uh... 
Yeah, I, I'm surprised more people weren't talking about Dr. Stone, though. Uh, I think it was bad timing on its part, just mm-hmm. because there's so many shows that came out this season. Yeah. And I, I stand by Super Eye Patch Wolf. I think that people were sleeping on Dr. Stone when they shouldn't have been. Yeah. I think when it first aired as an anime, its manga really should have just skyrocketed in popularity, but it lost out to other titles like The Promised Neverland and uh, Demon Slayer. Yeah. So, which is a bit unfortunate because I do think more people could learn from Dr. Stone. <laughs> don't try that shit at home. <laughs> You, you mean don't sweat and pee in a cup to make bleach? <laughs> yeah, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> that. That is a quick way to dehydrate yourself, okay? <laughs> yeah, it's still not as dangerous as some of the trends I've seen on TikTok. But speaking of, dangerous, speaking of dangerous trends, uh, we already talked about this series in length last week. But the one that fell from grace was the Promised Neverland. Yeah. And and if you watched last or listened to our episode last our last episode, you know, uh, it 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 fell hard. Yeah. The only thing I'm really gonna say about the show during this episode is I do want to apologize if we offended anybody who is genuinely enjoying or genuinely enjoyed season two. Yeah. Because um, I know that we commented on a friend's Facebook status about it, and they deleted both of our comments. Oh, did they? Yeah, because they were not having any of our negative shit, so. All right, uh, look, I did enjoy season two, up to a point. I I will say that. (laughs) I enjoyed the first episode. And and then I just, I couldn't. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the first episode... And that's not even just me as a manga reader. That's just me as somebody who looks critically at anime as this podcast is one to make me do. Yes. So I I hope that people enjoyed it and I hope people felt like they got their closure from the series. But I, I would still recommend reading the manga. Yeah. Because it's it's a series that definitely deserves more people enjoying it. So that's... Oh, we're going to talk about that one. Let's move on to something, again, another Shonen Jump title that we definitely both enjoyed. Mappa's favorite child, clearly, Jujutsu Kaisen. Uh, clearly. So, at the beginning of uh, the season, I mentioned that I was actually going to be really disappointed if Jujutsu Kaisen won Anime of the Year, because I felt like it hadn't quite hit its peak yet. And I feel both, like, validated by my, you know, expressing that, as well as also kind of glad it won Anime of the Year. Because damn, when it hit its peak, it hit its peak. And I don't think it's done. I think it's just going to keep going up from there. Yeah. Um, are we? Do we know if it's going to be continuing into the next season or if there's going to be like a, a break? Uh, so we don't know anything about season two yet. I would be shocked if there was no season two. But we do know that they've confirmed a movie, which is a prequel. It's uh, Okay. It was a manga spinoff series called Jujutsu Kaisen Zero. Okay. So we're getting a movie for that. Okay. Makes sense. I would be shocked if we didn't get a season two. It's the same. Because this series... Honestly, I'm surprised it hasn't already been announced yet. Yeah, I think they're waiting until the movie comes out before they make an official statement. Okay, that would make sense. But the manga sales for Jujutsu Kaisen are about to surpass Demon Slayer, which is not a small feat. 
Like, I know a lot of people were like, oh, Demon Slayer only sold as much as it did because it was popular and there was a lot of hype, but it's nearly, like, tripled the numbers of volumes sold for One Piece, and the numbers are not lying about this. This is not just new fans trying to jump on board the hype train. This is genuine sales of a franchise that had already wrapped up, and Jujutsu Kaisen is about to pass that and is continuing. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I do think we're going to see another King of Shonen coming out of this franchise, and that's probably going to be surpassed by Chainsaw Man. If I Yeah, Chainsaw Man <laughs> is getting huge in popularity yeah. lately. And similar to Demon Slayer, Chainsaw Man has already wrapped up. Speaking of which, Chainsaw Man has been announced for an anime. Yep, I bet you anything when the anime comes out, people are going to be rushing to get copies of the manga because mm -hmm. the manga readers have pointed out that this is basically the holy grail of shonen anime. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one, as well as Spy vs. Spy, which is another continuing Shonen Jump title. Gonna be getting a lot Man, of really I good ones. I can't believe they're making a, an anime about a mad er, magazine not, cartoon. Not, not Spy vs. Spy, uh, <laughs> Spy Family. My bad. Yes, uh, or Spy X Family is what it's called. Yeah. So yeah, lots so, to look forward so, to. I, so they made an anime version, <laughs> they made of, an anime version of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Basically. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so lots of good things to look forward to with Shonen Jump titles. I think people think that Jujutsu Kaisen is basically the peak. I think that we're just getting started. I think Demon Slayer started kind of this revolution of high-quality anime productions for Shonen Jump titles that do not necessarily need to be continuing. I guess you could claim that My Hero Academia started that trend, but yeah, I, I think it's fair to say that Demon Slayer with Ufa Table's quality of animation was really the point where the anime market realized we could turn Shonen Jump titles into we, something incredible. We can do this? Yeah. Yeah, we don't need to rely on just pushing out episodes we can actually make something incredible and studio mappa had a lot of practice with black clover because from my understanding while black Clover's storyline is seen as like just basic shonen the animation and anime quality of it is the thing that's been carrying it as a franchise and it's still going so yeah uh but yeah i think that's enough of the shonen titles um I dropped Higarashi, which I, I might go back to because they did announce a new season of Higarashi. I, I am. I also dropped it. I am eventually planning on picking it back up again. Huh. And the one I was supposed to watch today, but I didn't because I was busy watching Cats, was ReZero. <laughs> oh, bad, Candace. <laughs> so I promise I'll watch Bad. <laughs> you should be ashamed. But I'm not. Uh, have you seen your cats? They're pretty freaking cute. I mean, cute. they are pretty freaking cute. Yeah. But, <laughs> ReZero. I mean, it didn't really have much of Best Waifu in there, but it's still ReZero and it's still great. She's still going through her REM sleep sleeping cycle. Exactly. <laughs> She's going to wake up very refreshed. <laughs> but, uh, I have two more continuing series, then we can move on to the new stuff. Uh, one was Yudu Camp. Mm-hmm. Yudo Camp Season 2 was so much better than Yudo Camp Season 1. Really? Yeah. 
I I love them both. I love them both. I, I'd consider them both equal. I would I would consider uh, season one to be like a seven and a half or an eight, depending on the episode. And I think season two was like a nine or a ten the entire time. Okay. So like it's not like I'm putting one down to bring the other one up. I'm just no, saying no, this not, one's better. Not at all. I'm I'm not accusing you of that. <laughs> I'm just saying like I I think they were both equal personally see and i think that when somebody says that oh this was just as good as the last season it always kind of feels like a little bit of a like eh, maybe i won't check it out then because it's like because i already enjoyed the first season so why do i just want to continue on that steady pace i'd rather it get better and i feel like season two getting better was a good thing yeah, but you finished the first season for a reason. It's because it was good. Yeah, it was good, but in a busy anime season like this, I don't want good. I want really good. And this was really good. Okay. That's what I'm saying. I think the uh, quality of things should go up, even if the standard was already really high. But you can only go to 11 so many times. Yeah, but then you break the glass ceiling, Tyler. And that's what happened with Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> it broke the glass ceiling over and over and over again. And now we have Demon Slayer. <laughs> Demon Slayer, or Dragon Ball Z ran so Demon Slayer could walk. Uh, I guess. Yeah. But, like, and that's a good example, I think, with uh, Demon Slayer Season 1 came out, and everybody was like, oh, this is just good animation. This is never going to be, like, the biggest thing ever. And then the movie came out, and it was the biggest thing ever. Yeah. So I'm like, it's one thing to be a really good top-tier series. It's another thing when you're improving on what you already have. And I think Yudu Camp is probably one of my favorite examples of that. Because it built on what it already established, as opposed to just riding the high. Yeah. And I think that's important, and I think even with a silly slice of life series like Yudu Camp, pushing itself to that quality is such a refreshing thing. Because most people don't care enough about slice of life to really care if the quality goes up. Speaking of people that don't care about slice of life anime... <laughs> I watched a lot of Slice of Life this season. You actually did. I, I commend you on this. Yeah, and I think my problem with Slice of Life anime is that it really does kind of have that air of not giving a shit about itself. And that's why I like Yudu Camp, because I feel like it does care, and I feel like the people behind it care, because they're not just making an anime for making an anime, they're doing something that's kind of a public service. They're trying to get more people invested in camping, and this series did a lot of public service because it also established that this kind of stuff is dangerous if you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> oh, you mean almost freezing to death? Yes, which makes me wonder if there were incidents of people who watched the original Yudu Camp, thought winter camping looks easy, and did end up in dangerous situations like that. Uh, I hope not. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I... I don't really have much faith in humans in general, so mm -hmm. I'm sure it did, but I'd like to think that it didn't. Yeah. I'm just wondering if, like, the number of winter camping incidents went up along with the number of winter campers. Yeah. And so I think Uter Camp Season 2 taking the responsibility of being like, this is dangerous. Like, yes, these are cute anime girls going out winter camping, but take it seriously. Yeah. 
Like, make sure you're warm, make sure you check what the weather is going to be like, and make sure you check your resources. And also, don't trash the place. Exactly. Yeah. So, there was also lots and lots of hot springs this season. So many hot springs and so many geo spots. Right? Oh my god. It makes me really just want to just tour around Japan. Like For reals. So, yeah. Uh... Yudu Camp, absolutely fantastic. Last continuing series. And the reason I saved this one for last is because it goes into the new shows. And that is Cells at Work. Cells at Work, yes. So, this one, I feel like... I was I was a little disappointed that it, it did end early. It did end early. It was it only, was only like, like eight episodes. Yeah, it was only eight episodes. This is one that I feel like it was kind of skating by on the popularity of the first season. Like, this is one where I feel like it started good... And it stayed good. It didn't lose quality, but they were just like, people are going to watch it anyway. Yeah. And I feel like because of that, it absolutely got dominated by Cells of Work Code Black for me. Because Code Black took that, like, basic, like, foundation that Cells of Work had started, and it built on top of it. Mind you, in a dark, horrifying, capitalistic nightmare kind of way... But I like that they expanded on this kind of universe created by the original story. And I'm excited to see what they do with season two of Cells at Work Code Black. And I'm not nearly as curious what we're going to see in season three of Cells at Work. Yeah, I I can agree with that 100%. Yeah, because... Uh, as, as much as I love Cells at Work Vanilla, mm-hmm. uh, Cells at Work Black did... It it was it was pulling the cart on that one. Absolutely. So and I'm surprised that I felt that way because when I first heard about Cells at Work Code Black, I thought I wasn't going to enjoy it as much. I'm like, oh god, we're going edgy with it. Yeah. But yeah, it it absolutely built on top of the already established series, and it makes me excited to see the other Cells at Work they're working on, the one about women's bodies. Yeah. Because I'm curious to see how they're going to expand on this kind of knowledge again. Like, we, we, it's fun watching Killer T and White Cell fight Cancer Cell, but... I, I want to know (laughs) if, if the one based on women's bodies, so like, Cells that Work Black, it's obviously a male. Yeah. Uh, so... As far as we're aware, it's a person with a penis. It's a person with a penis, Yes. Yes. Uh, and their white blood cells are giant titty girls. Yeah. So I'm curious if the one that will be based on the women's body will just be giant bara men. (laughs) Ah, the bara men. (laughs) Or pretty boys. Could just all be be shown. Who knows? It could go either way. I don't know. (laughs) Be shown in boys with yaoi hands. (laughs) Oh boy. (laughs) And baras. The, the fan fiction practically writes itself. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited. I do think the original Cells at Work is intended to be like a t- like young teenager or a child. Yeah. Just kind of based on the fact that like they do have a lot of health problems, and it seems like their body doesn't really know everything about like all the germs and stuff coming in. But it also feels like they're not like super super young yeah like some of the cells already have memories of previous viruses or infections and it's already forming cancer (laughs) yeah yeah and it it does imply that they are like a growing body so i'm pretty sure it's a young teenager or a child yeah like uh 
I would peg it as between like 10 to 14. Yeah, probably around there. Per personally. Where the... Granted, we have no basis of uh, uh, evidence for, for this yeah. other than Maybe that's what they'll do with season three. Maybe it'll be puberty. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Who knows? But uh, Code Black did a really good job of establishing this is an aging man. This is... He's past his prime. He's probably working in a very stressful this, work environment. This man needs Viagra. Yeah, this man needs Viagra. <laughs> he is losing his hair. Uh, he uh, had to, a, in 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 the defense on that. It seemed like it was he was losing his hair because of stress. Yeah, but not necessarily just that he had male pattern baldness. He was obviously a heavy smoker and heavy drinker. And, like, a lot of the red blood cells were familiar with the drinking habit, so he's obviously been drinking for a long time. Yeah. And he had a heart attack. So. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, these... Uh, I'm curious where Code Black is going to go from there, because I know we established that they were transferred to a new body. Yeah. Uh, they, they find that he had his heart attack, and then I think the doctor basically said, you're killing yourself. You need to take better care of your body. Yeah, and he got to super which, healthy. To which he started getting healthier, and all of the cells were like, oh, this is great, whatever. And then he donated blood, and those were transferred to a new Code Black body. Yeah, which makes me wonder how much time had actually passed between the heart attack and that, because I'm pretty sure you can't donate blood immediately following a heart attack. No, you absolutely can't, and, and yeah. your body doesn't recover that fast either. I would imagine it had to have been at least six months. Yeah. You know, bef between the heart attack and them getting transferred. Yeah, because uh, the harsh reality of it is if it had been years, uh, a lot of those cells wouldn't be there anymore. Uh, okay, but the harsh reality of it is platelets only live for three days, so they definitely wouldn't be there <laughs> anymore. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Because, yeah, seven years uh, is the span where all the cells in your body are completely replaced. Yeah. So... But yeah, moving on, because we've got a lot to talk about. So much. Uh, Horimiya. Uh, this this was peak slice of life. Oh, absolutely. Like, the, these are the kinds of things that, you know, when I say I love slice of life, mm -hmm. this is the kind of, like, ideal situation that I can basically recommend someone to if, if oh, yeah. they ask for it. I could recommend this anime to literally anybody. And we did a whole episode on this, but I think for me, the reason why this series works so well is because it doesn't feel like it's trying to be too full of itself. It's just trying to get us to understand these characters and treat them like they're real people. There's none of this like ridiculous shenanigans like, oh, there was a misunderstanding, and now we're going to focus on that misunderstanding for three episodes. The misunderstandings usually are really fast. Like, there's usually four or five story threads in each episode. So a lot of these mis misunderstandings are usually solved within minutes, not episodes. Yeah. And that... Uh, ex except for the, uh, the uncharged cell phone incident. Even that one went pretty fast. It did go pretty fast. Yeah, if this had been any other slice of life anime, they would have rode that for 
Like, even after he got home, she would have been mad at him. She would have been like, how dare you? You were probably with another girl. What's going on? Why would you not bring your chart? It would it would last for so fucking long. They would milk the shit out of it. Okay, I, I do have one gripe about that, though. Is they were gone for, what, three days? Yeah. And, like, the first day... You know, Miyamura was like, hey, mom, I forgot my cell phone charger. Mm-hmm. And, and like, the mom was like, oh, okay, well, we're going to go to the store later. We'll, we can get one there. Yeah, I will agree with you on and that. And it was like, okay, what, what happened between the first day of, like, okay, we're going to go to the store and get a new cell phone charger for you later mm-hmm. and two days later? Yeah, no, I'll agree with you on that, but... Still, like, my point being is that any other anime would have milked the shit out of that. Yeah. They even would have been, like, they would have gone to the store and they'd been like, oh, no, we don't carry that model. And then it would have been a whole big fucking deal. You know, and it would have just been silly nonsense with, like, ridiculous jokes and the expressions would have been super exaggerated. Instead, they just went straight forward with it. And he felt extremely bad and she felt extremely concerned. And that's how real people feel. Like, yeah, maybe she was pissed at him at some point, but then when she saw him, she decided, like, you know what? I'm just glad he's okay. I'm glad he's okay. He's here. I was more stressed than I was mad. Yeah. And that's, that's, as somebody who had a boyfriend who would constantly forget his fucking cell phone, that is the real thing. You do get pissed, but at the end of the day, you were just more worried than you were mad. So, Yeah. Believe it or not, not all girls immediately assume that you're cheating on them. The first thing that comes to our mind is, oh god, they're dead. So... <laughs> <laughs> Just on the inside. Oh, you've you've seen me in that situation where I told you, I'm like, make sure you text me when you get home. And then I get home and I sit down and a cat sits on my lap and I am gone. And you fall asleep and then I see that there was a car accident near my house... And I'm trying to call you and you're not answering your phone. Because I sleep through anything. Yeah, so trust me when I say usually the first thoughts that girls have is, oh god, they're dead. So. Yeah. Not, oh god, he's sleeping with another woman. But yeah, Horimiya handles actual drama like that really, really well. If I had any gripe about this series is the fact that this is a 10-year running manga series that wrapped up in 13 episodes. Uh, so, I'm impressed it ran that long. Yeah. Not saying that it's bad, I'm just impressed that A Slice of Life ran that long. Mind you, the runtime includes the original uh, web series and the more established manga series that followed. Okay. It was technically two series. Okay. But, yeah. It, I think the manga still has about, like, 13 plus volumes I'd have to look it up to be exact but it's still a pretty long running series and I feel like a lot of that stuff got cut from the anime and I know a lot of people are saying oh there's anything that got cut was fine leaving on the cutting room floor but I just kind of want the series to have more yeah (laughs) I think a lot of people love the series there's a reason it's one of the highest rated manga of all time and I'm just sad that it's over Mm mm-hmm well, that's my only gripe with it. I just want more Horimiya. Not enough. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. I think, honestly, Miyamura may be one of the most relatable slice of life characters I've ever seen because... Because, as we all know, 
we've all given ourselves earrings and tattoos at in middle school. <laughs> Not necessarily earrings and tattoos, but I think a lot of us have been through what Miyamura went through in middle school. That especially where, people where who... he's he's not not necessarily bullied, but he's just kind of like he... uh, I guess outcast maybe yeah. is is kind of the right term. He's just... outcast, kind of neglected, also rejected. Yeah, so so like a lot of us have have been there. We've been in that situation where it's like okay. Well, don't really I, don't really have a lot of friends and you go into high school thinking this is a waste of time this, this is gonna be the exact same thing why am i here well also there was an episode in particular that established that the ear piercing was in fact self-harm not him just trying to be cool yeah and same with the tattoos it was his way of causing himself pain without it leaving a scar that he was ashamed of. It was a scar that he felt like he could be proud of or something that made him unique. What do you do for that? Do you? I mean, like, I know tattoos aren't common in Japan. No. I don't think there's a lot of tattoo parlors. Like, do you just, like, march up to your local Yakuza mansion <laughs> and be like, yo, I know I'm 13, but give me a tattoo all the way down my side. Maybe looked it up online on how to do it to himself, which... That is self-harm in that situation. <laughs> yes. Uh, but also there was an episode where he was, like, dreaming about his younger self, who asked if it would be okay for him to kill himself, and he's like, hold on, I promise you that there's somebody worth it out there, that you're gonna be better. And I think for me that was the point of the series, where this was no longer just, oh, this is a good slice of life, this was something that kind of spoke to me a lot. Because... Uh, during the last year with the world falling apart, I have been through a lot of like a lot of repressed psychological bullshit in my head and I too absolutely hated high school and middle school. Like I can't think of any situation where I wanted to be at school when I was younger. But I loved the people I spent high school with. And I feel like that was the message of the show. Yeah. It's that if you're in a bad situation, you can still find something to enjoy out of it. And most of the time, it's going to be the people you surround yourself with. Yeah. And that's literally how I felt. <laughs> so I've never seen an anime character as well-written as Miyamura. I'm not saying that a girlfriend's going to solve all your problems. But a girlfriend's gonna solve them. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, trust Guys. me, my boyfriend did not solve any of my problems. In fact, he was the root of a lot of my problems. But I had a lot of good people that cared about me back then. Yeah. And they're the reason I'm still here today, so. Well, that got deep. Yeah. On to the next show. <laughs> On to the next show. <laughs> uh, you're gonna be mad at me about the next show. Oh, fuck you. You are! You're gonna be mad at me about the next show! Probably, but fuck you. What, what is it? <laughs> you can't be preemptively mad at me. <sighs> okay. I promise I'm not mad. Yet. Okay, that's all I ask. Uh, so I'm a spider, so what? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, okay. I will say, as someone who is reading the light novels... Mm -hmm. It did not live up to my expectations. Okay. That said, I actually did enjoy it. Yeah, I didn't dislike the show at all, actually. Uh, I was recently watching a video that was talking about the binge culture 
surrounding Netflix and why anime on Netflix does so well in spite of the famous Netflix jail. And The stars? Yeah. And one of the points that they came across was the idea that even the most dedicated anime fans, when they get into a busy anime season, sometimes you miss a couple of episodes of a show and you tell yourself, I'm going to go back and watch it, and then you just never do. Where with binge culture, you tend to just start and finish it within a 24-hour period. Or or very quickly, because like sometimes maybe you, you know you can only watch two episodes today, but... Yeah, but the then next, you can watch all the, ten the episodes next, next. The next day, you can pick it back up and watch the next, you know, finishing of ten. Yeah, and when I think about certain shows that I have been through with binge-watching, I don't think I would have finished Devilman Crybaby had it not been a binge show. I definitely wouldn't have finished uh, Japan Sings 2020 had it not been a binge show. I think that the pacing of these shows are just not designed for a weekly format, and that's kind of how I'm feeling about So I'm a Spider, So What. That that being said, uh, that binge culture of Netflix still didn't work for, uh, what's it called? Carol and Tuesday. Yeah, no, I'll completely agree with you on that. So, but so that's a different o- subject. <laughs> o- over, overall, the binge culture does pretty well for Netflix. Yeah. There's exceptions. Yeah. But that's a different subject. Yeah. So I feel like So I'm a Spider, So What is a binge series. Yeah. Because watching it week to week was so difficult for me for two big reasons. One, she doesn't really do a lot per episode. And a lot of the times the weird CGI really takes me out of the story. I felt like I could have overlooked that had I just had one big story to follow through the entire thing, or I saw her progressing at the rate that she was, which week to week, I'm like, okay, what the fuck did she learn last week? I already forgot. Yeah. And because of this, and because of the time skips as well, it's just kind of a hard series to watch like that. On top of the fact that this series feels so similar to that time I got reincarnated as a slime, that for my brain, I prioritized the one that I was more invested in as opposed to the newcomer. Yeah. And I think that's perfectly normal for somebody who has such a busy schedule. That's Yeah, I, I understand. And, and I can't disagree with you, because like I said, it, it didn't live up to my expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally feel that it didn't touch the, the, the time skip differences as well mm-hmm. as it could have or should have mm-hmm. because like in in the light novels it's it's very clear like you know what's what's happening at a certain point is in the past and what's happening at another point is very clearly in the future yeah. and like all of this stuff kind of comes together you know like you you see some of the stuff that happens in the future and you're like wait what what led to this Mm-hmm. And then you go to the past and it goes, oh, okay, that's where that came from. And I think that's a really, really creative way to tell a story where it's like you see the uh, conclusion before you see the buildup. Yeah. And I really like that. So I know my roommate's really, really enjoying this series and her husband is really, really enjoying Slime. So they've kind of been watching both together. And I think that's ideal. But she's also reading the light novels. Yeah. So she gets a lot of that background information as well. 
I do want to pick this series up again, but I do need to get back to ReZero. So... <laughs> Back, back with nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it looks like Japan's not going to give me a moment to rest, so... Nope. So, yeah, I, I don't think this is a bad series. I just think, similar to Dr. Stone, it had bad timing. Yeah. So, let's... Is there anything else you wanted to add to your thoughts on it? Uh, no, I, I, I touched on that. I, I'm, okay. I'm okay with it. Okay. Um, would you recommend the anime over the light novels, or do you recommend people pick up the light novels similar to The Promised Neverland? I would say if if you enjoyed, like, the first episode or so of the, the anime, definitely check out the light novel. Okay. What if people didn't enjoy it? I, I mean, I can't really say that they're going to enjoy the light novel better. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's... They're... They're fairly close... Mm-hmm. You know, in in like the, the light novel, the anime is fairly close to accuracy in, of the light novel. There are some differences, but but overall, if you don't like the anime, you're probably not going to like the light novel anyways. Okay, yeah, because that was my big question, because I'm like, I feel like The Promised Neverland being a bad adaptation, I feel like I could recommend the manga. But like, if this is a good adaptation, just... It's, it's fairly uh, accurate. Okay. You know, it's 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 a good adaptation. Um, definitely not as good as Slime. Mm-hmm. Slime is so far, <laughs> honestly, I think the best adaptation of light novel to anime around. Yeah, and you said they like even changed like the like sequences a bit. Yeah, with yeah. with Slime, they changed the the order up a bit, and it still fits really well. Yeah. So I think that's really good. Uh, let's move on to a show that we both definitely enjoyed we talked about this one a few weeks ago but i want to talk about it again because the last few episodes changed the game and that was skate the infinity yes oh my god i am so happy with this show this was everything quality wise that banana fish had without tearing your heart out and laughing at you (laughs) shit come on You know I live for that. Then why haven't you watched Banana Fish yet? Uh, because I don't live for that brand of tearing my heart out. That's literally the same thing. (laughs) Okay, I also want to thank you for being the kind of friend where I'm just like, hey, this Skater Boy anime features two guys that are probably in love with each other, and you're just like, sounds gay, I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in my defense, I was interested in it before. Yeah. Well, you know, you... granted, that was before I realized, oh, wait. They're gay for each they're other. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. These bitches gay. Good for them. <laughs> Good for them. Good for them. <laughs> Have you seen that video clip? No. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> uh, but, but clearly, I think... Uh, that the fennec fox that they have uh-huh. should have been Adam's opponent. <laughs> Absolutely. A- a little Adam, skater a- Adam wouldn't have stood a chance. <laughs> so, I know Mother's Basement did an episode about Skate the Infinity, and there's one thing that I absolutely laughed at for him saying, and that is him saying that this series will definitely get a nice, large brand of figures. <laughs> Based off of some of the best characters from this show. And I'm just like, oh, my sweet summer child. 
you, no, it's you, not. <laughs> you, you, you don't know marketing. Yeah, he said this is going to get REM levels nope. of figures nope. and merchandise. Nope. It's not. No. It's not. If Yuri on Ice didn't, this one sure as hell isn't. The the only thing that's even, I'd say, come close to REM levels mm-hmm. is uh, Evangelion. Yeah. Like, the, nothing nothing compares to those two it, it, with marketing. And mind you, I agree that this show should get good figures. Oh, it absolutely should. Like, like mm-hmm. can you imagine some of the, like, really fucking cool poses you could do with, mm-hmm. like snow you know maybe even on a half pipe or some shit like yeah. that like you could get some really cool poses what i was thinking is like you know how uh that mina figure from my hero academia had like the like sploosh like sound yeah, effect the... behind her if we did something like that but with skateboarding yeah for like each of the characters got their own with like their own aesthetic like snow got like a lot of like the winter aesthetic and the yeti and all that Reki got, like, his gears and, like, his fun little, like, monster creatures. We got Sakura and Calligraphy for Cherry, etc., etc. We could get a just, whole line of all these Just a singular characters. bowl of ramen for Joe. <laughs> <laughs> he's No, he's got the Italian aesthetic. Okay, he's, bowl of spaghetti. Yeah. Sorry. Maybe even, like, some of the rocks to kind of establish that he is, like, the heavy. Yeah. And we got, like, gamer stuff for Mia and, like, the, like fireworks or whatever for Shadow. Shadow. And even if we wanted to go with Tadashi, even if we just gave him a blank base, would be really cool for him, because his whole aesthetic is that he's just super plain. Yeah. That would be us. Or, you know, if you want to go to this point, you could give him a dog collar, but... (laughs) (laughs) Little dog ears. Yeah. (laughs) But... Like, honestly, they could make a whole line of even just one of each character figures that would just look absolutely incredible, show off all of the aesthetics of the series, have some of the best poses, and they could charge triple digits for all these figures, and I guarantee they would sell. Absolutely. But they're not going to. Yep. There is theories that we are going to get Nendroids of these characters, because I know Good Smile has been teasing us with Nendroid skateboards. They did tease us with some skateboard Nendroids. Yeah. Which I looked at, and I had to make the comment, like, isn't that just a tech deck? It is a tech deck. From middle school. (laughs) But I would love a Reki and a Longa Nendroid. Yeah. Also, I want to say justice for Shadow. I was so upset that he got rejected. I know a lot of people pointed out there's like a screenshot of him like giving flowers to the manager of the skateboard shop and everybody's like, oh shit, he gay too. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I felt like he should have got the girl. Uh, I'm conflicted on that. He's a clown. Cause he, he's, he's a clown and he's, he's a good guy at heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, I also feel like, oh, just because you're a good guy doesn't mean you should get the girl. Okay, but I feel like he was somebody who was working on himself, which is different. I think that the guy who's like, oh, nice guys finish last. Why is she always falling for the creepy losers who are just going to take it? No, th- those guys are incels. Yeah, no, no. He he definitely didn't strike me as that kind of guy. Yeah. Like, the, like, he found out that the girl he was look, going after, you know, already has a boyfriend. And yeah, he's sad, but like... He's, but he's, I feel like he's, he didn't make a show of like, Ugh, 
she's just a slut, you know, like yeah. that kind of thing. But I'm still sad he got heartbroken because he was he was a genuinely good guy that was genuinely working on himself throughout the entire series. He literally took like a beating for her. Yeah. And I'm like, I I don't know. I just kind of feel like he, he should have got the girl. I feel like fiction should have rewarded him. Yeah. You know, I know that that's not reality. I know the reality is that sometimes you don't get the girl. But You're, I feel the like... The reality is sometimes you don't get the girl. The but reality already... is sometimes <laughs> you fall in love with your, your Canadian skateboarding boyfriend. Yes. Aren't we all just looking for our Canadian skateboarding boyfriend? <laughs> yes. I hope someday Shadow finds his Canadian skateboarding boyfriend. <laughs> uh, oh boy. Also, give us the Cinderecki OVA, you cowards. This is a real thing. Oh, that yes. was another thing I was laughing at about Mother's Basement video, is that he was like... Oh, you could totally watch this whole series just believing that Reki and Longa are just best friends who hug each other shirtless and stare into each other's eyes while they skateboard. And I'm like, or have dreams about them being Cinderella and the other one being Prince Charming. Because uh, this is canon. Yeah. Reki had a dream where he was Cinderella and Longa was Prince Charming. Okay. Animate it, you cowards. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not a psychologist, so I'm not going to touch on that. Animate it, you cowards. Animate it, you cowards. <laughs> so yeah, easily one of the best shows of the season. Moving on to another one of the best shows of the season, Wonder Egg Priority. Yes. Um, this one is really cool. I actually learned that the... The voice actress for I, mm -hmm. uh, this is basically her opening role. Yeah. Like she's she's a 16-year-old voice actor. This is her first role uh, along with, there's actually one other girl she voices this season, but I can't remember what series it's from. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of neat that, you know, like them bringing in new, new talent. Yeah. So this was like her debut yeah. series. That is really cool. And, and I'm glad it did so well, too. Yeah, this series, uh, I was really proud of myself because uh, Moe, who is a uh, manga or manhwa artist that I've been following online for a few years, actually gave me a shout out on Twitter saying that I actually convinced her to watch this show. Oh, nice. Yeah, so because she was making a lot of tweets saying that she's been having a hard time really getting into anime lately. Like the only series that she was enjoying was Attack on Titan. And she's like, I feel like there's no show that really catches my attention. Everything just feels tropey or cliche. I don't like Slice of Life. I don't like Isekai. I just want something that feels as good as Attack on Titan or Fullmetal Alchemist. And I just feel like I'm never going to get that. So I'm just giving up on anime altogether. Uh, if, if she's listening to this, uh, I'm going to recommend her Blood Blockade Battlefront. Okay. I think you should watch it too. It's a fantastic series. I know you told me that, so I, I probably should. Yeah, but, uh, but I, I yeah. think it, it is a series in line with Attack on Titan, you know, Full Metal Alchemist, whatnot. Okay. It's... Yeah, so she did uh, give me a shout out saying that she is absolutely enjoying the show. It is meeting all of her expectations. She loves the horror elements of it. She loves the serious, like, undertones. She even loves the fact that they kind of trick you with the cute girl's because she said when she first saw the series, she wouldn't, she was not interested because she didn't want to watch a cute slice of life. 
but this being a secretly dark series on the same level as Madoka or Persona, she's absolutely enjoying it. Yeah. So, And I did give her content warning for the last three episodes. I told her there is animal abuse because she said, I just hope it doesn't get too gratuitously gruesome. And I'm like, just know that the last three episodes, you can get through it, but it is animal abuse and it is gory. Just, just know in advance that that happens. And she's like, okay, now that I'm prepared, I think I can do it. Yeah. I know she did drop Made in Abyss because she said she got ahead in the manga and had a hard time with kind of the writer's, like, gore fantasies. Like, it kind of, it got to the point where it felt more like torture porn than what it originally established itself as. Yeah. So, my one complaint with Wonder Egg Priority is kind of the opposite of my complaint with Horimiya. I was kind of hoping we would have had a true ending to the first season even if it established that we were going to get a continuation it felt like there was no closure and i was a bit disappointed with the final episode yeah yeah i know we did talk about this and i did mention that it felt like them going through this to save their their friends or whatever mm-hmm. was was less actually saving their friends and more closure for them yeah and it it kind of turn that around and on the viewers and be like haha no closure for you yeah and i don't mind that as much except i felt like we didn't like between the uh episode before the final episode and then the final episode i felt like not a lot happened yeah we had like one really big fight where we learned about parallel universes and I realized what she wants to do, but it felt like such a weak final episode for me. Yeah. I know that it's hinting that we're going to get a season two. No official announcement yet, but hopefully season two kicks off and we get just as fantastic of a story continuing it. But just know if you think this is a one series or one season series, one and done, you will be disappointed in it. Yeah. (laughs) So this is continuing... But I, I think that is not necessarily a bad thing. I just, I don't know. I think I would have rather had closure. Yeah. So, uh, moving on to a series that was really similar to Wonder Egg Priority, and one that I dropped similar to why I dropped So I'm a Spider, So What was Other Side Picnic. Yeah, yeah. I also dropped it. Same, kind of same thing. It was like, okay, I'm, I'm. It's not that I'm not interested. It's just there's this other show, yeah, which is kind of catching my interest better, and it's very similar. Yeah, and I think for me, one of the big things, as I mentioned this during our uh, Wonder Egg episode, is that horror is a really difficult thing to animate. And one of the things about Lovecraftian horror is the idea that we're not supposed to understand it. That's why movies like Bird Box never show us the monster, because you're not supposed to know what it is. It's it's part of the mystery. It's kind of that feeling of being scared of the dark. You're not scared of the dark. You're scared of what's in the dark. Yeah. And Other Side Picnic, turning that concept into a cute lesbian slice of life sounds really good on paper, but in practice, it's not really doing anything when there's a much better show with a very similar premise. Yeah. And I think Wonder Egg Priority handles that sense of horror and dread a lot better, in my opinion. Yeah. And I'm way more freaked out by Dot than I am by any of the monsters in Other Side Picnic. 
Yeah. So. Well, clearly it's it's because you have never had to gaze upon Shub Niggeroth. <laughs> clearly. <laughs> Uh, the goat with a thousand heads, you know, just cannot be animated well enough to bring <laughs> out that that horrific side of your brain. Well, and that's my point, too, is that I almost feel like Other Side Picnic would have been a lot scarier if they hadn't tried to create Lovecraftian horrors in animation. Yeah. The fact that we get to see these monsters and we get to see their weaknesses and they all kind of go down without much of a fight... It doesn't really do anything for the action element, and it doesn't do anything for the horror element. If you're looking for a show about cute girls who fall for each other because they're both going through hell together, it's not bad. It's a really cute story between these two lesbians. Yeah. But I don't feel like it's scary. I think Madoka Magica was scarier. I think Wonder Egg Priority is scarier. I think Persona scarier. I yeah. And Persona's not scary. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I do feel like this is just... It's slice of life trying to be Lovecraftian horror, and it's not. Yeah. It, it was as scary for me as the Junji Ito animated series. <laughs> uh, oh, Junji Ito. Yeah. And the he Junji is, Ito manga he, creeps me out. That is, shit keeps me up at night. He is a gift. He is a gift. He is. I love him. The most wholesome man you'll ever meet. Writing the most uh, <laughs> whacked out, horrific manga you'll ever read. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to push through these last few titles pretty quickly because I also dropped both of these. Mm -hmm. uh, so the first was Ride Your Wave. Uh, I thought this was pretty cute. Uh, yeah, I, I dropped it after the first episode. Yeah, I thought it was cute. Uh, I thought it was like Free Light. Uh, it was, it was Baby's First Boy Love. I think if you enjoyed the series, I, I get why, because it's it was, cute. It was, it was free meets Skate the Infinity. Yeah, but I think, like, with a series with Skate the Infinity, or a season with Skate the Infinity in it, Ride Your Wave was just kind of like ordering a Mr. Pibb when somebody offered you a Dr. Pepper. Like, it's... Mr. Pibb's not the worst thing, I mean, but... they could have done worse. They could have insulted yeah. you and handed you a Dr. K. That's true. So, yeah, it, it's not the worst thing. Uh, I just don't understand why you would choose this. I think if all you were looking for was a season of Boy Love and you watched them both, cool. But, yeah, it, it was just... It, it's Baby's First Boy Love. Yeah. It was all right. Uh, CGI was pretty bad, but... Uh, I, I will still say I got a kick out of, uh, waifu board. Yeah. Uh, the next one, this one I actually think had a lot going for it. And the only reason I stopped watching it is because I kind of forgot to keep up with it. So that's, that's my bad. Uh, but I do think this one got a lot of shit based purely off the marketing surrounding it. And I think it is a well-established series that could have survived on its own had it been part of a slower anime season, and that is 2.43, which was the new volleyball anime this season. Okay. This series was great. Everything I watched about this show was fantastic. It actually sets itself apart from Haikyuu, which is incredible because it's actually a series about a setter who's rejected by his old team because he's too gifted and stubborn and... The difference between him and Kageyama is that Kageyama was just rejected by his friends, where this kid is 
classmate tried to kill himself. So, yeah. Uh, I do like how it establishes the rules of volleyball, and I even like the fact that the volleyball games aren't super exaggerated. It's animated to feel like you're part of the audience, not part of the team. Where Haikyuu, everything feels like it's slow motion, because it's trying to capture that feeling of what the players feel. Uh, this one, it's fast-paced. That yeah. ball is moving like it's made of lead, and if you blink, you're gonna miss the action. And I like that they showed it from that perspective instead, and it's less about volleyball and more about the guys playing volleyball. I think that if you are having a slow season and you are missing Haikyuu, I think this is a good bandage for that. And I think you'll even find a lot of things that you'll enjoy about it. But I didn't finish it, so maybe it got bad. So what do I know? Maybe it got bad. Maybe it yeah. turned into that uh, that girl's tennis show that you were watching that you dropped because it got bad. Uh, badminton. Badminton. Yeah, That's tennis. It. But that one I dropped just because it got boring. <laughs> like, honestly. <laughs> this one I dropped just because I kind of forgot it existed. But yeah. So I guess that's boring. But, I don't know, I liked it. I I think had it been a slower season, I would have probably said this was, like, the best. Kep, kept up on it better. Yeah, I, I think it would have been in, like, my, my top list of recommendations, but I, I was watching too many things. And Skate the Infinity took all of that part of my brain and serotonin and ran with it, so... I, I, I gotta stick with the, the cute boys who are definitely in love with each other. Somebody did a counter online of how many times Reki and Longa said each other's names in the show. Oh, because, of <laughs> course, somebody did. I'm really impressed with this. <laughs> somebody out there is doing God's work, I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, if you say so. <laughs> so, I know there was a few shows that you watched that I didn't, uh, one being that one isekai. I watched the first couple of episodes. Uh, Jobless Reincarnation. Jobless Reincarnation, yes. Uh, it, it had some uncomfortable moments, mm -hmm. admittedly. You know, obviously, you know, teacher masturbating. Yeah. <laughs> uncomfortable. Um, him basically filling up his cousin. Uncomfortable. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> There's, there's definitely some uncomfortable, problematic moments. Overall, I still enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah, and this was one that uh, I pre-established that I was going to drop. Not because I thought it was bad, but because I was like, I want to watch enough of this show to have an opinion on it, but I had no desire watching the whole thing. Yeah. So, uh, I do kind of regret dropping it because I do think it was better than some of the shows that I tried to push through, like Other Side Picnic, but... Mm -hmm. Uh, ultimately, hearing the parts that are problematic, I'm like, I probably would have been pretty uncomfortable in those moments. I do, from what I've heard from everybody, though, this was one of those anime that was worth pushing through those uncomfortable moments. It was. Um, personally, I think, uh, because those uncomfortable moments do happen within, I, I think, about the first half of the season, mm -hmm. the, the second half of the season really comes through strongly okay uh other than that there was uh quintessential quintuplets of course because you know i am harem trash 
and this one was neat because we got to see who, which of the quintuplets was, uh, his his friend that he met up with or whatever. Mm-hmm. At yeah. Uh huh. And of course, at the end, it it ends with a wedding that you still can't tell which girl he marries. So Yeah, because they're going to milk the crap out of this of series. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> In spite of the fact that people were bitching about the new art style. Yeah. Um, I finished Kimono Jihan. I believe you dropped Yes! It. No, I actually did finish Kimono Jihan. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. So I actually liked Kimono Jihan. I don't know why I didn't have any notes about it. I don't know why you didn't have any notes about it either. So this one, uh, similar to how I feel like uh, 2.43 is a good like bandage for getting through your high Q withdrawals, I feel like this one was almost a My Hero Academia withdrawal series. My biggest issue with Kimono Jihan is that when it first aired, I saw a lot of anime pages and anti-tubers and just everybody who recommends anime recommending the series based on the horror elements in the first episode. Pointing out how deep and dark this series was, establishing the fact that this is a big mystery series surrounding like all of these demon characters and that it was going to be very, very lore heavy. It's not. The first episode is, and then everything following it is basic shonen tropes. Yeah. It is a shonen battle series at heart that uses monsters as kind of its character building the same way that My Hero Academia uses superhero powers for its character building. Yeah. But I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because I don't feel like the series was trying to trick anybody into thinking it was a horror series. Yeah, it's it's more of a, like you said, shonen, but with a uh, horror-like aspect. Yeah. It, like, it, it does have some horror, but it's not the main focus, I guess. Yeah, like I said, I don't think this is trying to trick anybody into thinking it's going to be a scary or creepy series. Horror-themed. Yeah. Shonen. Yeah, like, uh, so, like Scooby-Doo. The, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Although, uh... Other side picnic is kind of Scooby Doo with lesbians, but uh, <laughs> this is kind of this reminds me of those Scooby Doo movies, the ones with like the monster girls. You remember those? Uh, like which ones? The Scooby Doo movies, like where oh the, the teenage yeah. monster girls. That's what Kimono Jihen feels like. Okay. Yeah, like it just remove the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> you can come <laughs> replace it with a creepy tanuki old man. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Technically, <laughs> I guess. I actually really liked Kimono Jihen, though. I thought the characters were all really likable. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I had any major issues with it, it's just that I felt like the shonen action was a bit bare bones. Like, it was kind of like, oh no, we're gonna use our powers to figure out, the solve the problem, and then we do, and then everything works out, and Yay. we got a little bit of character development. Yay! Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's really bare bones. It is. But I... I don't know. It's cute. It's fun. I do think it it will give you that uh, shonen fix, mm-hmm. which we didn't really need a shonen fix this series, especially a horror themed one when you had Jujutsu Kaisen. But <laughs> I I don't know. I liked it. it. It was cute. Yeah. It was like if if you have like a younger family member that you're trying to find good anime to watch with, I think Kimono Jihen would be a really good one. It does get into a few adult subjects in the last few episodes, but they are handled in a way that 
younger audiences are not necessarily going to understand what they're referring to. Yeah. Uh, mainly the fact that an entire village of women just use the one male in the their one... village <laughs> for breeding purposes. Uh, but oh boy. Again, younger audiences are not going to understand that story thread, and they're still going to enjoy it. Yeah. So if, like, if, if you're one of those people that go onto anime pages and be like, hey, what show can I watch with my 14-year-old uh, little brother or my cousin or my child and you're tired of hearing people respond with Boku no Pico, uh, Kimono Jihen. Yeah. So... Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it, it is like My Hero Academia, but not as big a budget. <laughs> yeah, yes. So... Um, that being said, there is one I did want to talk about. Uh, I actually picked this one up halfway through the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's bottom tier character Tomozaki-kun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's actually really interesting. It's a slice of life. Uh, but it's, it's basically about this kid who, he's, he's the number one, uh, Smash Bros. player. Yeah. I they, knew about this one at the they, beginning of the season. They honestly. call it Tac Fam, but it's Smash Bros. Let's face it. Yeah. Uh, and and he has his rival, and turns out you know they they decide hey let's let's meet up, and he's thinking okay just gonna meet up with another Tac Fam player who's really good, mm-hmm. and turns out it's like the popular girl at school, mm-hmm. you know, and so she's disappointed because you know he's a slob. And he's like, how, how are you this good at Smash Bros when you're popular at school, <laughs> you know? And, and it gets into the situation where she actually teaches him to, like, useful life skills mm-hmm. in order to be able to advance his level uh-huh. in, you know, in, in the real world. Yeah. And... Like, she, she does this through, like, various different, you know, goals. You know, at, like, at one point, one of his goals was, hey, get get someone that you are close with, like a family member, to ask if you're going out with someone. Mm-hmm. You know, to which he achieves that when his sister is like, hey, are you trying to appear more tra- attractive to the opposite sex? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, and, and it leads up into this, like, the final two episodes really becomes this this philosophical thing of like hey are these skills that i've learned you know through through your your lessons uh are are they actually me or or am i putting on you know like this the mask of you know someone else to to be able to fit in in society yeah you know and, and so it, it's just kind of neat. I, I liked it. Yeah. I had heard a lot of bad things about it at the beginning of the season, so I knew about it. But uh, my kind of impression of it was that in the same way that Dr. Stone teaches us about science and uh, Uter Camp encourages people to go out there and get active outdoors, uh, this is an anime about teaching Smash Bro players to shower. <laughs> uh Yes and no. <laughs> uh, not not so much shower, more like hey, um, 
you you can wear stylish clothes. Mm-hmm. You know, you you don't have to wear that shirt that you've had since middle school. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can buy new clothes. You can do your hair. You can do small things like like smile. You know mm-hmm. that that make you more appealing to society. So it's a nicer way of telling Smash Bros. players that they need a shower. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear by the last two episodes it did have a point to make, though. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. Because, yeah, I know at the beginning of the season a lot of people were just like, okay, yeah, I don't, I don't, I take showers. I don't need to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> There, there is more to it. Like at one point, you know, she has him like, "Hey, just just record yourself talking throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Listen to it at the end of the day, so you can get a hold of your your speech patterns, mm-hmm. and and you can make make adjustments accordingly." So yeah. so it really is more than just shower. <laughs> but yes. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, my final thoughts of this season, actually. Uh, one of the things I really liked about this season of anime, in particular, was the amount of strong female characters. Because I've mentioned in the past that a lot of times in anime, I tend to find myself relating more to how male characters are written more so than female characters. To the point where a lot of people were starting to suspect that I might be trans in the cosplay community because I'm like, I always want to cosplay all these boys. I relate to these boys. Look at all these boys that I like. Boys, 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 boys. boys. And we got some really good boys this season, especially with things like Skate the Infinity. But damn, did we have a lot of well-established, well-written female characters. Uh, A lot that I felt like could appeal to any type of girl watching anime whether it be the life coach from the anime you were just talking about, or the girls from Wonder Egg Priority, the girls from Other Side Picnic, who are both strong in their own way. Strong girls that stand out in a weak series, especially. Uh, Even Emma in The Promised Neverland, again, more so in the manga than in the anime, but, and especially the women of Jujutsu Kaisen. Yeah. I think if you are a girl and you feel like women in anime are weak, Go watch Jujutsu Kaisen. You will find at least one girl you relate to. Because I definitely relate to all of them to a certain extent. But, yeah. Uh, I I relate to the one girl that gets her sword taken away. And she's just like, <laughs> well, now what? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I feel like... You, it's easy to fall in love with any of them, and they're they're all gay. I'm sure of it. <laughs> Ab- absolutely, everyone in Jujutsu Kaisen is gay. Jujutsu Kaisen is just about a bunch of Gen Z kids trying to solve problems while a gay millennial couple ruined Japan. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not even wrong. So yeah, I I think it's good that we're getting really good female characters in anime now. Even that time I got reincarnated as a slime introduced a lot of really strong female characters. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely one of the best seasons. Oh my god, I'm kind of glad it's over. (laughs) (laughs) Now we got the next season to go into! Yeah, uh, I find myself watching a lot of things this season, but I also feel like there's a lot of things I'm gonna drop. There's some shows that I've already dropped. 
one one episode in and you already dropped them. There was one that was five minutes in and I already dropped it. There's at least three different shows that I've dropped after one episode. That one is gonna be. That one's gonna turn out to be the one that's like the big popular. I don't think show. it's going to be. It uh, feels... Just, just like Love Is War for me, that I dropped that one halfway through the first episode. I don't think episode. it's going to be. I can't imagine <laughs> it would be. Like, it, it was five minutes. It hit anime trope bingo for me within five minutes. We had the established short but don't call me short character we had the established big boob tough women characters uh we had the established male protagonist that just wants to be part of a harem character uh we had the unrealistic expectations of what a shonen series should be uh for some reason we are expanding out to other planets all of this happened within the first five minutes okay so uh well we'll talk about this yeah, we'll talk about it for for our season preview. Yeah, and I'll I'll take more detailed notes of why I was disappointed in it. But yeah, I've I've already dropped three shows this season. <laughs> All of them within five minutes of the first show. No, episode. the the other two I did watch the whole episode just to say I got through it. But I'm dropping both of them. Okay. So. With that, thanks for listening. Oh, you do you have an end card segment or do you want to wait till next week? Uh, this is a long episode. We'll do it next week. All right, bye guys. Thanks for listening. Love bye. you. Bye.